Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Simple Talk. So we're doing something a little bit different this season. Um, I decided that we're going to talk about real-life topics um, affecting today's business owners. And so this is my first episode here with Alex Carr-Harris. She is the owner of Haymakers Coffee Co. on Wolf Island. Um, and recently... Uh, Alex and I were in a workshop together and she started telling a story about how she went to Guatemala. So I would love for everyone to hear a little more about that. So Alex, welcome and tell us about your trip. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, it was, um, it was this amazing opportunity that my girlfriend, Jen Miller, she, and her family travel all over the world and they spend prior or spent prior to the pandemic, like half a year in Guatemala. They, they've got real love and community down there. And so Jen came back from uh, a, a visit, like sort of just last year, sort of the first one for COVID. And it was a big deal. She hadn't been to see her people in a while. And uh, she came home and we go for these crack of crazy walks. And she's like, I have a question for you. I was like, all right. She's like, I'd like to take you to Guatemala and let's go meet the women from the coffee farm where you source your coffee. I was like, what? She's like, say yes. I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> Who would say no to that? And so this was this amazing opportunity for me because I, I mean, I, it rocked my world. It was two and a half weeks. And Jen, I didn't have to worry about logistics. I didn't have to worry about language because Jen had that. Like she's well-versed. So I could just immerse myself in this experience. And it was just wild. I, um, you know, uh, it was in November of last year. So, uh, you know, it was traveling with, you know, through COVID. Um, and, you know, landing in this unbelievably beautiful, beautiful and um, brutal kind of reality. Uh, you know, there is no social safety net down there. There's no, there's no pollution management. There's no water service septic. There's no postal service. There's, you know, it was, it was wild. And so I, you know, I really got kind of <laughs> smacked in the face with that privilege. Um, mm -hmm. and it was really uncomfortable for the first little bit. And, and so we, you know, land in Guatemala city and then we go through Antigua, which was like, you know, as Jen's son refers to it as the you know, Disneyland of Guatemala. And I was like, <laughs> oh, interesting. And then we go up to um, the community where she spends most of her time is, um, oh dear, it's around Lake Atlan, um, San Marcos, La Laguna, sorry. There's a bunch of villages around this like elevated high lake. Anyway, and it's kind of full of expats. It's very interesting. Uh, again, another uh, person was like, Guatemala is full of people who have to be there and who want to be there. It's a very interesting mix of eclectic humans and, uh, but a lot of expats and it was, so that was sort of interesting. Um, you know, and then Jen has a, a Mayan family that she is very close with and they spend, so she's helps them and helps them, you know, her whole jam is, uh, sustainable, dignified work. You know, a lot of the expats, you know, employ Mayan people as like, you know, daycare and housekeeping. And so Jen really um, wanted to support them in their art and their craft of weaving. And so she helped them. Yeah. So, I mean, these beautiful, 
exquisite pieces of work. And so she helps them sell them. And that, you know, so when she comes in, this is what she does. And she helps them, like, they price it. She doesn't own any of it, right? She sits with them and she, you know, we take pictures. So we do that. And obviously, you know, working with them on social media in terms of like selling them on social media with through her people, but, you know, this family, they, they decide. And so this is money that they earn that supports them. And so there's three of the, the, you know, the mom and the, and the three daughters and or two of them, I guess, that do the weaving. And so this is a really, so I got to, I was invited into their homes and it was like three different languages. Cause there was a, um, different dialect. So, and it was fun to be able to catch when it was like Spanish switching into Ketchikal and to, to be able to listen. Um, and to be invited into their home and to be included was super special and, and eye-opening to say the least. Uh, and so that was, again, still that, I mean, it was a, it was just an absolutely beautiful place and, and, a, and an amazing experience to be in this community with, um, her family is how she describes these, her, you know, these, this Mayan family. Um, and then it was time to go up to, um, the Ishil region, sort of the Northern Highlands of Guatemala, which is like a six hour journey from where we were. Oh. And it was on, um, we took the chicken buses, which is just another <laughs> mind boggling experience <laughs> in terms of driving in these crazy people drive like mad humans uh, and, and winding around mountains. Cause it's all mountains. There's no flat. It's just mountains, mountains, mountains and driving like a bat out of hell. And they're crossing this line and there's only one lane and I don't know how people survive, but there they are. So we go. So that was interesting. And these buses are trans, you know, they're school buses that get transformed and they get all pimped out in those great colors and fabulous. <laughs> like they're just so lights and move. Anyway, it's wild and, and awesome. And scary as hell. I was, I, at one point I was, I was literally terrified. I'm hanging on and I'm trying not to barf. And I'm like, okay, the mother in front of me with the baby is sleeping. So I'm assuming I'm safe. (laughs) That's all I got. I just stared at her. And if she twitched, I was like, is this the time I die? (laughs) It was wild. So then we get up there. And so we get up to Naba, which is sort of like the last town before heading up into the mountains. And it was again, this crazy frontier and town it's, uh, and Christmas is a big deal. So there are all these lights and, and, um, I went to, I was dying for coffee. It was very fascinating in Guatemala, coffee producing country. I couldn't find, find a coffee. And so we asked this, but we're, I'm walking around. I'm like, I literally, I can't, I need some caffeine. Like this is, I'm not going to survive. And so we asked a police officer for some coffee. He's, so he's like, yep, follow him. So we follow the police officer into this morning. We go around the corner and I get handed a styrofoam cup with a blue plastic bag with brown liquid in it tied off. And that was my coffee. And I was like, is this a science experiment? Like, what is this? I don't know. Anyway, it was like, anyway, so pour it in. That's their coffee. It was super, super sweet. And it tastes like, um, like puffed puffed wheat cereal, like old school, like came in those big bags. Like sugar crisp. Yeah. But not even that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. When I was a kid, there was this like puff wheat, not puff. I don't know. Anyway, that's what it tastes like. I was like, this is not coffee. It was fascinating. But anyway, so, uh, then we hooked up with a driver who has this truck and, um, the, uh, women's coffee collective is in partnership, uh, works in partnership with, uh, an organization called the barefoot college, 
which is an organization that developed in the 70s. They go into equator countries working with, in rural communities to train and educate marginalized humans, which generally are women. Um, and so their biggest project to date was or is solar engineering, right? Bringing power, and that also helps with the uh, water filtration, et cetera. They're also into regenerative farming. So they do honey and turmeric. Um, so this Guatemalan coffee collective is their first coffee project. And so Lawrence and Barbara are the leads for this project in Guatemala. And so we hooked up with them and we hop on this back of this truck and we stand on the back of this truck. And for four hours, we are driving into the mountains and it changed, right? So it was like warm at one point and now I'm like fully wrapped, you know, hat is cold. I was cold. And, uh, um, yeah. And I mean, I swear around every corner, every vista, like every time we go around the mountain, I was expecting a dragon or a dinosaur. I mean, it was just absolutely exquisite and wild and beautiful, but also like evidence of like, like I had, I was coming into the dry season or I, I was there at the beginning of the dry season. So there's lots of evidence of massive, um, road washout. And, um, you know, the, the reality is that coffee, industrial coffee, industrial food, uh, there, the mass deforestation is, you know, makes it unstable. And so then they get these massive mudslides in the rainy season and that wipes out roads and, and in a country where, you know, there's not a lot of support. Yeah. So, um, you know, so this cuts people off in these communities, healthcare, food, employment, you know, it, it's crazy. And besides being unfortunately on the mountain when that would happen. Um, anyway, so it was, it was pretty crazy. The roads were just, I mean, potholes, like the size of the vehicle, like it was just wild, um, and terrifying again. And, uh, and then we were picking up, you know, grandmothers and their grandsons with their machetes as they're heading up the mountain and catching a ride. Cause of course there's no bus, real bus system, like public, um, people just pick people up. And so then, you know, smiling and nodding and, hey, how's it going? And then they'd make, you know, okay, it's time to get off. And then they would literally get off and then drop down the side of the mountain. <laughs> I have no idea where they're going, but it's all <laughs> coffee plots, right? It's super steep. I, it was wild. Um, and then, you know, we arrive at the top of the mountain is what it felt like um, into this amazing village uh, and... Uh, the coffee collective has now come up with their name is Mayan Mountain Coffee. Um, and it's 15 women farmers. And so in partnership with Barefoot College, they are also, they're learning regenerative farming. And so the very first thing that I realized, um, so all the men in the village had gone north to work. So the women coffee farmers are literally doing it all. And it, with the college are really learning how to own their business. So Juana is the lead and she is negotiating price and, um, it's, they decide what their priorities are and how, you know, so this is, this was really amazing. Um, and I, you know, Barbara and Lawrence were sharing with me that when they first, I, I was very emotional once, you know, when they took us to the closest coffee plot, which was 45 minutes along the side of the mountain, um, on a path that was a, that, that, you know, journey there had a path. Um, and they had a processing station and sort of like a, a rough cabin, you know, cause obviously it was very far when they harvest and, kind of, you know, farming doesn't happen all at once. Um, 
So, you know, they, they stay. And so then it's, then they dry the, you know, they have a kind of like a greenhouse space where they can dry the beans on the, on beds. And, uh, and then they load all those beans, every single bean into a burlap bag, leather strap around their forehead on their backs. And that's how they get it back up the mountain. Every single bean that goes into those bags of coffee that we sell, that's, and that was the one that was accessible. Like the, the next, um, and unfortunately I can't remember her name right now, Murphy's Law, um, the other uh, farmer, she took us to her plot. And at one point I'm standing. So we leave this plot. Mm-hmm. It was very accessible. And then we, you know, traveling through the field and that it's incredibly steep. So I'm like standing and I'm, my hand is straight out lean. And that's me leaning on the mountain to give you an idea of how steep it is. I'm standing straight up, kind of leaning into the mountain. So this is, and beside me are the banana trees and then citrus and then the coffee, right? So they're partially great, kind of like the three sisters idea, right? So I am like, why have we stopped? And so we, oh, she's making sure it's safe. I was like, what? Anyway, so carry on. So there's no path. It's just lots of grass, tall side of the mountain. And we're bending down. We're going through foliage. Like I'm crouched down trying to get through here. And all of a sudden there's a crack in the mountain with flowing water, which I have to stand Like, I can't tell you the butterflies in my butt. I, like, I thought I was going to get sucked down. I was so terrified. I'm like, I'm going to die. And there's like, there one sun is just buzzing around the mountain. Like no fear whatsoever. I'm fully in my like hiking gear. I couldn't tell you how many times I liked it. They're full traditional, you know, they're beautiful weaved clothes and, but it's like a skirt and long skirt. And then these little shoes, do you remember like jelly shoes with that little wedge here? That's what they have on their feet. And they don't even flinch. They're just like, like it was no big deal. And I'm like tumbling. I have like things, vegetation sticking out of my hair. This, like, just, yeah. Alex is a train wreck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Totes train wreck. And uh, so then we uh, get to, anyway, she was just, so we finally get to this next coffee plot, which is again, not, no pat, just in the middle. I don't even know how she finds it every time. And so proud. Her beautiful red cherries on the trees are just coming out and she's just absolutely thrilled and owning it. Like she just, it was just awesome. So we finally make our way back up, uh, back to the village where they host us for this beautiful, um, traditional lunch and, um, and we're sitting around this table. And at this point I've now lost the plot. I'm completely overwhelmed with with them and their mad skills and just their intention, you know, like the living on purpose and going for it, like just, you know, to, to go from not knowing where your country was in the world, where you were in your own country to, to owning your business and, and, and taking it on. Uh, And, and then the, just the physical labor and I, 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 I can't even, and so we're sitting there and I was, you know, so now there's three languages again at the table and I am like, okay, how, what would help look like? Can we get them a donkey? Like, how do we get those beans up the mountain more easily for them? And, uh, so we go through this questioning and so the 15 of them are sitting there all very, they're like, no, I was like, I don't understand. Cause I was like, what about a processing station? We'll put one in the village, like make it more accessible. So then it's like, whatever. Nope. I'm like, okay, please tell me why. And they said, well, they said, if somebody breaks the donkey 
if somebody breaks the processing station, it will cost, cause so much discord within the community. We won't survive. And so I was like, okay. And they're all just very matter of fact about it. It was just that, that, that honesty, that this is it. This is the truth. I was like, okay, so what would be helpful? And they like, we want organic compost because they're learning that organic compost helps them increase their yield. And this is what matters. And I was like, okay, there we go. Organic Done. compost. It is. <laughs> Still got to get down the side of the mountain, but okay. So, so that, and so from that day, I, you know, I committed, I was like, okay, we're the second roaster. The other roaster that sources beans from this, um, coffee farm is, is Guatemalan. Um, and so, and we were the first one to visit and I, we committed, I said, okay, fine. We will, this is, we're in, we're in for the hall. So what that means is, you know, with them, with, you know, Juana and these women farmers, um, negotiate, they're negotiating the price. So obviously paying them more than coyotes, which is really that bar is not high, but even the national coffee collective, one of the gaps with the, with the national coffee coffee collective, which is helping to raise the bar in terms of not having to always just resort to, um, the coyotes that come in and just take the beans for whatever cash in hand, uh, is that, uh, the volumes required, um, the, this, their farms can't, their plots can't just like they can't fulfill them. So it, so it means that they might miss out, which means puts them back into the realm of coyote as an option. So, um, we pay them above that, above the coffee collective, what they, what they pay, and we will continue to work with them. I mean, at right now we are not close to a living wage for them but we will get there and that cost will be reflected in the beans cost of the beans here. And that, and this is part of the journey is part of the education for us and, um, and for our customers. And I, and it matters, but the thing is that they get paid in advance in advance. And so if the landslide, you know, comes again and wipes out their plots as it did two years ago, I don't get coffee, but they still get beans. And are they still get paid, which means they can continue and, and plant again and keep going. And that just feels really good, you know, and I, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, really coming to, I mean, I got schooled in so many different directions down there and I know we have the time limit and I could go on, but one of the things that I really came to understand was the ripple effect so it's not just what we do in business or what we consume. It's how we do business and it's how we consume. And that ripple effect goes far. So, you know, and we learned this in the pandemic, you know, people supporting local, right? So I, I have come to really appreciate that in doing, you know, in coffee, but also like in CSAs and understanding, you know, our food systems and, you know, really paying attention to not just the what, but the how and what our ripple effect is. Well, you um, hear those people here who don't live on a mountain saying, I can't, I can't. And then you go see those women doing those amazing things. And I'm getting, I'm getting a little excited. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And you're like, yes, 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 you can. Yes, you can. Because the thing is, it doesn't have to be all at once. You know, it's just like, do we have to have all the things all the time? Or can we just choose few, pay more, invest? Mm-hmm. right? Invest in the quality, in the community, in, um, and just, just how we do it. And it doesn't all have to be at once, but it, but I think taking the time to sort of really check in and go, okay, what's my part? Yep. 
So today, everyone, when you are getting your first or third cup of coffee, maybe think about this story that Alex just told and what all those women had to go through just to get those beans to make you that coffee. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's something we should be thinking about, right? I agree. I'm in. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining me. And I loved um, you hearing about your trip. It's been great. Thanks, Jenny. This is a treat. I love this. I (laughs) love your show. This is awesome. Thanks, Alec. All right, beauty. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more tips, check out our blog at simpledesk.ca and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of the action.